Welcome in. You're listening to Locked On Now NHL, local experts with the biggest stories on the ice. I'm your host, Kainani Stevens. Thank you for making Locked On Now your first listen every single weekday. Now we've got our NHL hosts ready to recap all of the action from Sunday, but we're going to start in Toronto for the Heritage Classic in our biggest game. The biggest game. The Buffalo Sabres took full advantage of the fresh air in the Heritage Classic as they scored five goals on Toronto en route to a win. Locked on Sabres has more for you postgame. It's been an exhilarating couple of days to be a Buffalo Sabres fan. The best couple of days to be a Sabres fan in a very long time. Following the win over Jack Eichel and the Golden Knights on Thursday, the Sabres followed it up with a big win over the Toronto Maple Leafs in Hamilton, Ontario for the Heritage Classic. Big win in terms of the score, not necessarily in terms of the standings because obviously the Sabres are down in the depths of the standings, but a back-and-forth affair. We had goals, we had saves, we had snow, we had fights, scrums. It was a very entertaining game, to say the least, for the Hamilton faithful. And it was really the story of the game ended up being Austin Matthews, a vicious, dirty, filthy cross-check to the neck of Sabre star defenseman Rasmus Dahlin. Matthews will have a hearing with the Department of Player Safety. I argued on the Lockdown Sabres podcast on Monday morning that it should be a multi-game suspension for Matthews. I predicted three games. I, excuse me, I said he should get three games. Usually, if you're going to try to predict the Department of Player Safety, you go under what you think the player should get. But just a nasty cross-check after Dahlin bullied him into the net. Matthews didn't like that he just got bullied by Darlene and he took it out on him. It was retaliatory. It was vicious. It was a, a dangerous play. He's very lucky that Darlene did not go down, didn't get stretchered off because, I mean, that could have gone really bad really quickly. Um, and it was a very dangerous play. And he doesn't have a prior history, but I'm not sure that should matter in this instance. Sabres are off now until Next Thursday, the Sabres will play the Edmonton Oilers in a couple of days at 9 o'clock Eastern time. Stay tuned to the Lockdown Sabres for the latest in the coming days on the... Colorado got some revenge on Calgary after a tough loss to the Flames last week. Lockdown Avalanche breaks down this great win and the shorthanded squad that got it done. The Colorado Avalanche had an eventful weekend, namely on Saturday when they got word that Gabe Landeskog would be out likely for the remainder of the season and defenseman Sammy Gerrard would be out at least for a month. So you take all of that and you have Calgary coming into Denver. And what do the Avs do? They shut him out three to nothing. So they avenge the loss from about a week ago. And, you know, the, the, the Calgary fans were inching closer and closer to the Avs in the standings, but the Avs, separate themselves yet again uh, from the rest of the pack. Great game all the way around for the Avs. No Gabe, no Gerard, no goals for you, Calgary. Darcy <laughs> Kemper stood on his head and Nathan McKinnon with two goals. It was a dominant performance from the Avalanche. It was. It was It was a great game all around. All around, a good game. both sides. Uh, Calgary threw 40, I think it was 46 shots on net. So it wasn't like it was a walk in the park. And you're not going to have a walk in the park when you play a team like Calgary. So there's one more game in this series for the regular season. That one's in Calgary. So we're all looking forward to that. And we're probably all looking forward to these two teams playing in the Western Conference Final because that's two games now that were pretty good games between both of these teams. The first one needed overtime. Three to nothing will is what you will see. 
but it was a lot closer than that. So the Avs do get back into the win column, and they desperately needed one of those because they haven't been playing the best lately. So to get a 3-0 win against a team like Calgary and remain up in the standings was very much needed. Now the Flames got shut out by the Avalanche on Sunday, but our Locked on Flames host isn't sweating it post-game. Well, it's still not time to hit the panic button yet. Hello, everyone. It's Jess Belmosto from Locked on Flames. And, you know, it's another loss. And it's not as if the Flames weren't hanging in there against the Colorado Avalanche. They actually outshot the Avalanche 46-32, to but couldn't get one by Darcy Kemper, who I just stood on their head tonight. Uh, Dan Vladar was in net for the Flames as... Uh, Jacob Markstrom got the night off. But you know what? Uh, you just go out and try again. There's no reason to panic. You went out and won the last four, four or five. So just brush it off and you try again. It's really not that big of a deal. And this isn't time to, again, hit the panic button. As always. Columbus gets a 6-4 win over the Golden Knights on Sunday thanks to a hat trick from a teenager. Locked on Blue Jackets has more. Blue Jackets win big, but the story of the night is 18-year-old Cole Sillinger with his first career hat trick. The second youngest Blue Jacket to ever score a hat trick. And the youngest player in the NHL to do it since Patrick Laine did it back in 2016. Jay Foster locked on Blue Jackets here to talk about the Blue Jackets big win over Vegas. Uh, Vegas is now 4-9 since welcoming Jack Eichel into the lineup, but the story of the night is not that Vegas, what Vegas lost, it is that Columbus won. The goals came from Patrick Liner on the power play, which continues to click. Patrick Liner now has the uh, team lead in goals with 23, uh, sharing with Boone Jenner, who just went on IR, unfortunately. Uh, a goal from Alpha Bjorkrand, who had a four-point night. He continues to impress. Blue Jackets doing well with the uh, loss of Voracek and Jenner. I was a little bit worried about how this game was going to go, but the kids are all right. Cole Sillinger with three goals, including the game winner. Like I said in the intro, second youngest Blue Jacket to ever score a hat-trick. He's the youngest player in the NHL to score a hat-trick since Patrick Laine did it three times back in 2016 in his rookie season. Kid's going to be a star. He has slowed down a little bit recently, but his, uh, his production seems to be back. He has now scored his 9th, 10th, and 11th goals of the year. He is up to 18 points on the season, which for an 18-year-old is uh, still... Extremely, extremely impressive. We're going to talk in more detail about the game and about Cole Sillinger's season on tomorrow's Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Carolina Hurricanes couldn't overcome a slow start in Pittsburgh. Locked On Hurricanes talks positives and negatives for this team going forward. Hey there, hockey fans. Jared Ellis here, host of Locked On Hurricanes. And this afternoon, the Carolina Hurricanes were up in Pittsburgh playing the Penguins for their second game in less than 24 hours. And this game was a mixed bag. The Carolina Hurricanes, they gave a great effort in this game. It wasn't like they went out there and played like crap. They did. They did play really well. 
But I do think that fatigue played a factor in this game, having just played Philadelphia less than 24 hours prior. And then with daylight savings time, I think a lot of that stuff played a factor in this game and Pittsburgh also being rested. And Pittsburgh's a great team as well, and they're the better team this day. So all we can do now is just put this game behind us and build off of what was positive because the guys played great. Auntie Rata continues to be fantastic and enjoy the day off tomorrow and then look ahead to Wednesday against Toronto. Make sure you subscribe to Locked on Hurricanes wherever you get your podcast and subscribe on YouTube for the full game breakdown tomorrow. Minnesota dropped their matchup with the Predators on Sunday, and now the two teams are tied for third in the Western Conference standings. Locked on Wild recaps the loss and also looks ahead about what needs to change. On the night on which they retired Miko Koivu's jersey forever, the Minnesota Wild hung an L right next to it. Hey everybody, Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, recapping a 6-2 win for the Nashville Predators a game in which the Wilds started a nine-game homestand, and a game in which the Nashville Predators moved even with the Wild in the Central Division standings with 72 points. Some numbers of concern for the Minnesota Wilds. They did get goals from Matt Boldy and from Jordan Greenway, but the Wild allowed six goals. They've allowed 69 goals in their last 15 games. The Wilds' penalty kill allowed another power play opportunity they have allowed 19 power play goals in their last 55 opportunities which is a 65 percent penalty kill for the team and they went empty net in which nashville scored twice the wild have given up 13 empty net goals in the last 10 times they have pulled the goalie Uh, all those stats courtesy of michael russo It has been the power play. It has been the penalty kill. It has been the goaltending. It has been the defense have all melted down for this team. And there just is not enough offense to overcome all of it. If the Wild are going to get things corrected and get back on track, it has to be during this homestand. The Wild will play the Boston Bruins coming up in a couple of days. Hopefully, We can get that win and uh, try to get things back towards normal. For more on the Minnesota Wild, make sure to follow Lockdown Wild wherever you listen to podcasts. Philadelphia once again going out of their way to find some way to lose, this time to the Canadiens in overtime. Lockdown Flyers takes us through another brutal loss. Hi, this is Rachel Donner from the Locked On Flyers podcast here with your quick post-game reaction to the Flyers once again, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, losing in overtime, this time to fellow basement dwellers, the Montreal Canadiens. Unlike the game the Flyers played on Saturday versus the Carolina Hurricanes, the Flyers I thought were pretty sloppy. In this one, they had some noticeable defensive breakdowns, turnovers in the neutral zone, and an absolutely brutal sequence while on the power play with less than a minute in the game to go, allowing the Habs to score a shorthanded goal to tie it up in regulation. 
at least two of the Habs goals, I would say, were at least partly due to mistakes by Rasmus Ristolainen, who, of course, just got that brand new five-year contract. On the bright side, I will say that they finally put Morgan Frost in a good position to succeed. He was on the wing on a line with Claude Giroux and Travis Konechny, and we did see a lot of the upside of his game in this one. He was pretty aggressive offensively, made a great play that eventually led to a goal for the captain, Claude Giroux. That was the 900th point and 291st career goal for the Flyers' captain. That puts him right above Eric Lindros for 8th place all-time on the Flyers' goal-scoring list. For more on this game, the game against Carolina, and the Flyers all season long, tune in Monday to the Locked On Flyers podcast. The Florida Panthers had a little winning streak on the road going, but that all came to a close in a shootout yesterday. Locked On Panthers reviews a rough one in L.A. Well, that road streak was fun while it lasted. What is up, guys? This is Armando Velez from the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And the Florida Panthers' five-game winning streak on the road has come to an end with their 3-2 to loss against the Los Angeles Kings in a shootout. And this is also the first time that the Florida Panthers have lost the game where they carried a lead into the third period. So now they are 30-0-1. Oh, um on the season when having a lead entering the third period but a lot of mental errors for this florida panthers team and what costed them the game and some out of position i'm i mean john huberdo loses his cool that causes the la kings to go on a six on four um aaron ekblad gets beat by kempe and uh causes the florida panthers to go uh shorthanded as well even though they didn't give up a goal Spencer Knight on the first uh, goal of the game um, gives up one that he might have wanted back. And Alexander Barkov in this game was held to zero shots on goal as well, even though he had an assist in this game. Jonathan Huberdeau also had an assist to Itulu Sturainen, who got a shorty opportunity going the other way. So Jonathan Huberdeau takes over the lead in the race for the Art Ross. But hey, the Florida Panthers got a point tonight against a very tough LA Kings team who's second in the Pacific Division fighting for a playoff spot. So a road point is not the end of the world for this Florida Panthers team. So it's on to San Jose. So to listen to my recap of this 3-2 to loss against the Los Angeles Kings, make sure to listen to my latest episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, your first listen of the day. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Now NHL. Thank you for making Locked On Now your first listen every single weekday. Make sure you check out Locked On NHL as well as your team's Locked On podcast. I'm Kainani Stevens. This is Locked On Now.